I'm sure many of you know what this is. This is a poster from the movie Ten Commandments. Uh, this movie was made a long time ago. And uh, I don't know whether everyone saw this, but I saw this when I was 14 years old. And here is the picture of the original poster that was uh, used at the time. Uh, this movie was made in 1956. Uh, and I was uh, 14 years old, and I had the privilege to see this. Uh, I was in the seventh grade, and our whole class uh, closed down on that day, and we all went to theater together downtown in Korea, and we saw this. And this was a very, very long movie. Uh, it was a 220 minute long, almost three hours and 40 minutes. So we went to theater, and we saw the movie for two hours, and we took a lunch break. Which is very rare these days. I think it's called uh, intermission. And then we came back from lunch, and then we saw almost another two hours of this. And uh, some of you might be calculating. So it was May 1956. So you are 14 years old. So you are like 70. No, I'm not 70. Uh, it was made in 1956. But when I saw this, it came to Korea 1974. So there is the answer to you. But as I was putting this together, I knew some of you questioned that. I don't know who that is, but I know God knows who you are. Uh, back then, it costed $13 million to make. But in today's dollar, it is almost $268 million. So this was uh, epic. And it is still top 10 movie on the list. It is still epic, and even by today's standard, it made lots of money. Uh, so here is how much they made. Back then, they made $122 million by 1956 dollar. Okay, that's in today's dollar, $2.54 billion. So it is up there with all those movies you know about, the big ones. Uh, it received the seven Academy Awards. And as I said, it's up there with the Titanic, which made over $2.7 billion, and Avatar, which also made lots of money, and Joe and many other movies. So those of you who are questioning my age, I'm sure you also have this question. So, okay, it's good. Ten Commandments, yeah, I get it. What does that got to do with today's title, which is uh, showing true love? I'll get to that. And the short answer is, it has a lot to do with love. Okay, six weeks ago, uh, Pastor David Gain, he actually taught us with the title, Loving Others. He talked about three laws of love. And then three weeks ago, uh, uh, David Silk talked about, uh, with a message titled, The Message Worth Repeating, he told us how important it is to tell others God loves you. And he used the example of someone named Bert. He said to Bert, Bert, God loves you. And he made him teary. And two weeks ago, Pastor Tim, with the title, Loving One Another, he actually told us how important is loving others, but it also takes sacrifice. And last week, Pastor Ben, who was sitting right here, but I cannot see him anymore, he actually uh, gave us a, the, uh, the message titled The Sound of Music, and he actually talked about love of father for his lost son. 
And he told that story of a prodigal son. So you see that the last month or so, we've been talking about love, 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 love. Well, you guessed it. Today, it's going to be about the love again. And this time, it's going to be showing true love. And there are some misunderstandings about showing true love. And I hope that I can answer that through the scripture today. But they will help us so we can be better equipped showing love to others. Misunderstanding causes us very hard to share the love. But today, I hope it, the scripture can answer that question to you. So, uh, today the teaching is in three parts. First one is, though some of you question my age, um, the answering, what does the Ten Commandments got to do with love? Short answer, a lot. And second part is, what is the big picture of God's plan and where are we in that picture? Many times when we hear the big story or big picture story, it helps us to think about where we are in that story or picture. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to take a look at the big picture of God's plan today uh, with some illustration. And last part is, what does showing true love got to do with God's plan? Short answer, a lot. I hope that I can answer those questions that we have. So let's start with uh, part one. So what does the Ten Commandments got to do with love? So you remember this picture. This is a scene from the movie Ten Commandments. And this is when Moses is about to pray to God because he's being chased by the Egyptian army and chariots. And he's praying to God, please God, part the Red Sea so we can cross. God surely enough answers his prayer. Uh, Red Sea parted and they all crossed. But as you can see in the middle of the sea, there is an Egyptian army who is about to die. And this is a very famous scene from that movie. But as a 14 years old, I was not a Christian back then. I still remember next scene I'm going to show you. And this famous Ten Commandment. God called him up to the mountain Sinai. And he went up there and he spent 40 days with God. And at the end of the 40 days, God gave Moses two stone tablets, written Ten Commandments. God personally wrote Ten Commandments with his fingers. And then he came down. Uh, that story is recorded in Exodus 20 and Deuteronomy 5. So that's what we're going to talk about. Those who had the questions about my age, I'm sure you guys memorize the Ten Commandments by heart. And here it is. But in order to explain the Ten Commandments and love, I need to divide this into two. And let's go to the next one. Okay. Uh, Ten Commandments can be divided into two sections for the purpose of explaining love today. First four, if you look at it very carefully, it is about God. So first four is actually telling us, love your God. Does that sound a little familiar? Love your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind? Okay, that's where it comes from. The second part, which is the next sixth commandment, actually represents love others, if you look very carefully. So basically, 
Ten Commandments can be summarized into two commandments, which is two great commandments Jesus told us. So basically, Ten Commandments is two great commandments. And if you look at the common denominator of these two commandments, there's a love, there's a love. And if you combine them, it's love. So that's how important love is. So Ten Commandments was written and given to us a long time ago, but it's still there. And uh, uh, the Roman 13.10 says, So, loving is obeying all the law. And that's what it means. Did you wonder about that? When, how come love, one commandment, can cover all the laws? That's how it is done. So, if you love someone, that means you are obeying all the laws in Ten Commandments. The reason I show this to you is that's how important love is. And that's why God is love and he wants us to love others. And that is in line with today's message, true love. And we're going to get to that in part three, but let's keep that in mind. That's how important love is. Let's go to the song. Loving God, loving others, it still applies. And it is so powerful, it covers all the laws. So if you have a problem with the following other laws, remember, love others and you cover everything. Okay, let's go to part two. So what is big picture or God's plan? The reason I'm showing this to you is it's going to help us to learn part three, how to show true love. Okay. And for that purpose, I got this picture. You know what this is. This is very popular in Pennsylvania around September and October. Corn maze. You pay a few dollars and go in there and spend three, four hours. Uh, go enter one place and come out the other end. Uh, in, real, in reality, it's not as it as it looks here. As I will show you, next slide. Okay, but before that, I looked up this, uh, there's a corn maze, which is uh, three times bigger than what you see on the screen. It is called, uh, in, it's in Pocono, it's called, uh, what is it called? Mazilla, like a corn mazilla. They named it, like, so it's like 11 acre, and they charge about $8. One thing I don't, I don't understand about this place is that, how come they charge $4 more when you go there afternoon? Personally, I feel that uh, should they charge less? But anyway, if anyone knows the answer, let me know later. Okay, now, this is inside the maze. Do you see how hard it is to know where you are? You are supposed to find the exit and come out of that. But as you can see from this picture, it's really hard. It's not that easy. The next picture might make it a little easier because you see a little bit more bird's eye view, but still, it's very hard. I think I, I can get lost in there. So now you see why looking that corn maze from the sky with a bigger picture helps you see better because uh, this way you know where you are relative to the exit. So the whole point of showing you this is that we're going to look at the Bible that way. If you see the bigger picture of the Bible, it helps you to know 
well you are in the Bible story and they'll help you eventually showing love to others. So let's go to the, the Bible. Bigger picture. We know that uh, well we are by looking at it and then we also know what to do as a mission because we look at the bigger picture and that's going to show us our calling which will be at the part three. And the best place is to see this at the Bible story timeline, which I'll be showing in a few minutes. Okay, let's go to the, the Bible. And let's look at it as a bigger picture. Okay, that's Bible. Bible can be described in many different ways, but I'll select three ways of looking at it. Uh, Bible, of course, is made out of 66 books. And the Bible can also be described in two different sections, Old Testament, New Testament. But there is another way of looking at the Bible, and there's looking at four sections. You can actually describe the whole story of the Bible in four words. In short, the summary. So this Bible, which is made out of 66 books, you can actually divide into four sections, which I'm going to show you soon, and then you can tell that's the story of the Bible, or his story. So I'm going to lay them down here. The first one is creation. We all know her, or heard about creation. Next section is called fall. That's when sin entered this world and God's creation became broken. And next question is redemption or restoration. So what he has created in Genesis 1 and 2 became broken in Genesis 3, and ever since, God has been busy restoring back what has been broken. And that's where we are. So this whole Bible, very small chapter in the beginning is creation and fall, and all this is actually restoration. God is busy bringing back his creation back to what it's supposed to be. And that's where Jesus comes in, and that's where we are. And of course, when restoration is done, Jesus will be coming back, which we're waiting eagerly. Okay, let me uh, take that uh, four section and then make it into Bible storyline so we can talk about where we are in that picture. So uh, I'm going to take that four section and uh, uh, Flip it over to the sideway. Here it is. But this is not accurate because, as you know, the creation is a very small part of the Bible. So to make it more realistic, let's squeeze them. So first section is creation. Next is four. And then do you see the yellow section, restoration? That's almost 99.9% of the Bible is restoration. God is busy bringing back the kingdom that was broken by its entrance of sin. Let's label this a little bit more so it'll be more the obvious. Okay, so that's where the division is. Uh, on the left side is the Old Testament, right side is New Testament. In the middle is when Jesus is born, which he was born 2017 years ago. Let me label that a little bit more so it'll be more obvious. And then, so the creation happens in the two chapters, Genesis 1, 2. And the 4 happens in one chapter, 
everything can be broken that is in Genesis 3. God started restoration from Genesis 12 all the way to the end is a story of restoration. Okay, now, we know this. So this is the big picture. So where are we located? Where is Carl or me or Ben is located in this story? We're somewhere there. So we don't know exactly where. We could be there or we could be here. Why we don't know? Because only God knows exactly when this whole story will end. But for the sake of this discussion, let's say we are here. Okay, that's a 2017, and that's where we are. For the sake of this discussion, and let me add one more thing here. Okay, so since Jesus died, it has been 1984 years, because he died when he was 33 years old and half. So it has been roughly 1984 years since he died. So what I want to tell you today is, during that time, everyone, someone was telling someone about Jesus. Everyone who is sitting here, you heard the story of Jesus from someone, including myself. Otherwise, how do we know about him? Because God being God, he can literally make it happen. But he chose not to. He gave that job to us. So for last 1984 years, people have been telling about Jesus and about gospel to other people, people to people, person to person. That's how we got to here. And this is very crucial because that's how true love has a meaning. And true love is very important because showing true love is actually telling about Jesus to others. Sometimes we misunderstand loving. Uh, sometimes we understand loving as loving our children or loving our spouse or loving our cousins or friend. But actually, the, when he said love others means show the way to Jesus. Tell about Jesus. But that's the best thing you could do. So let me go to the next one. So, uh, in your life, someone told you about Jesus and about gospel. That's how you are sitting in the church. It, it may be the case, uh, in my case, it was pastor. Uh, through the book of Romans, told me about Jesus, and that's how I accepted Jesus. But I'm sure the car, in his case, someone also told him. So uh, that someone showed the true love to you and me so that we will know Jesus, so that we'll go to heaven, so that we'll have eternal life. And that's what true love is about. True love is not about hugging or kissing someone. No, it's about showing Jesus showing the way to someone. That's true love, which is what Pastor Ben and Carl and Pastor Tom does every Saturday. They go to the area in Philadelphia called Kensington, and they show true love to them. Pastor Ben is not hugging them. No, he goes there to, tell the, to, to show the God's love 
so they may know Jesus and they accept Jesus. Because that's the best thing you could do for them. Uh, Living on this earth for a few years is important, but actually, if you're going to die in two years, telling them about the Jesus so they can go to heaven is actually more valuable than actually anything else. So now it's our turn. Just like someone told us, it's our turn to tell others about the Jesus and gospel, just like the millions and millions of people have done to other people last 19 and 1984 years, ever since Jesus passed away. So it is our turn to tell. So the big picture, we learned that uh, we are still in restoration period. And uh, we also learned that uh, our mission, our what to do is actually tell others about Jesus or true love. And uh, like others did to us. At the CVC, it's called loving others. At the CVC, we call that doing life together. And also today I'm calling it showing true love. And uh, as uh, Pastor uh, David Gain mentions many times, it's also equal to making music. It's all in the same theme. What is our calling? That's our calling. Telling others about Jesus. Okay, let's go to the question three, uh, the, the part three. This is where, this is like climax. This is where we're going to talk about the, what is truly true love and how is the best way of showing the true love. And this is the uh, verse that uh, Carl read for us. Let me just read the portion of the message version. Now that I have uh, put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine, keep open house, be generous with your life by opening up to others. You will prompt people to open up with God this generous Father in heaven. Did you get it? He said, when Pastor Ben goes to Kensington, he's opening up to others. And then he's prompting other people at Kensington to open up to God. So when we open up, or show true love, others open up to God. So we have to open up first. Then they can open up. And that's the, the, the meaning of that scripture today. So, opening up, and then we prompt others to open up. So, then they may accept Jesus as a savior. And that is building the body of Christ. Have you been wondering how we build the body of Christ? That's how you do it. And then it is building his church. God is busy building his church and we are helping him by doing that. And that's how we participate in God's plan, the big picture. And that is why we want us to love others. He wants us to love others. That's why Pastor Tim always talk about making music, doing life together. That's what it is. So we saw a few things and the, this graph illustrates so true love, or showing true love, build the church, build the body of Christ. 
Like whenever you encourage someone, you're actually building the body of Christ. When you care for someone like Pastor Ben or Carl at Kensington, you are building the body of Christ and church. When you share good news or share food or share your resource, you are building the body of Christ. When you are making peace with someone, you could have an option to fight with someone, but you choose not to for the sake of Jesus. You make a peace, you are building the body of Christ. When you are being kind to someone, even your enemy, when you are kind, that enemy might see something is in there. And they see God, and that's building the body of Christ. And also being patient with someone. Like I was patient two days ago with my daughter Pauline. It is also a small thing, but building the body of Christ. And uh, there's a two verse. First one is from the first Thessalonians 5, uh, 11. My eyes are getting old. My age. Uh, therefore, encourage one another and build each other up. And the second verse is Romans 14, 19. So then, let us pursue with enthusiasm the thing which makes for peace and building up one another. God is always encouraging us to love others, encourage us, encourage others, care. It's all part of the building body of Christ. So showing true love is even about showing love to our enemy. And this is a very difficult subject, right? Okay. The reason it's so difficult, if someone say, show love to your enemy, yeah, well, it's easy to say, but it's really hard in reality. Okay, you're going to get clear that up today. The reason it's so hard to love enemy, what well, the concept is because maybe it's because we misunderstand what showing love to enemies. As I said in the beginning, uh, it is... God is not asking us to show to enemy the same kind of love we show to our children or our spouse or our friend. When he said, uh, when, he's, uh, when he's asking us to show love, it's showing the way to Jesus. When we have a situation where we can fight with enemy, but we decide not to fight, but actually seek peace, that means if we fight, we'll feel better. But if we decide not to fight, then the enemy will question, hmm, I wonder why Dan chose not to. Maybe it's because he's Christian. That's what it is. So whenever we try to express the true love, we do it for Jesus and gospel and his kingdom and church. This way, when God said, love your enemy, is now manageable. It still takes some thinking. You have to make decision to do that. But still, God is not demanding us to show the same kind of love to your enemy that we do to our family. No. He's saying, show the way to Jesus. Everything you do with your enemy, show the way to Jesus so that they may receive Jesus and go to heaven. And that's what he's asking. And that is actually true love.
Uh, it is about actively seeking what is best for you, for the enemy. And what is best for your enemy? Knowing Jesus. Even enemy need to know Jesus, don't they? So if you look at uh, Matthew 5.44, it actually talks about it. And you can look it up uh, when in your quiet time. And so even enemy might come to Jesus. We have options of uh, fighting with them or do something else. But for the sake of Jesus, sake of the kingdom, you show love to your enemy by showing the way to Jesus. And that is what Great Commission is about. Right before Jesus went up to heaven, uh, 1984 years ago, he said to his disciple, make disciples of others, meaning show the love to others so they can come and get to know me. So they may also come to heaven like you guys. And that, is, that was a great commission and that is showing true love. Okay, let's pray. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for today's uh, teaching, Father. Father, it's very hard for us to show true love. But maybe because it was, we misunderstood what you meant. True love is not hugging someone, even though that's possible too. But it's more to do with showing the way to Jesus, even to our enemy, Father, so that the, even the enemy can go to heaven after receiving Jesus as your Savior, Jesus as Savior, Father. So let us meditate on this scripture and make the showing the love to others part of our life, Father. We need your help, Father. Help us. And I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.